And we have an intro. <laughs> yes, we actually have an intro now. <laughs> Greetings, friends. Welcome to Free Range Thinking. We're here again in our cozy recording caves, ready to dive into some interesting topics and rabbit holes. I'm Sharon Lee. And I'm Alex Kahl. Uh, every week we serve a delicious buffet of neurodivergent topics, discussions, questions and explorations around the subject of living as a neurodivergent human. We enjoy talking about and celebrating how people like us uh, can not only thrive in today's world, but prosper because the world desperately needs neurodivergent humans to bring real transformation and evolution to mankind. We are the keys through the shitstorm. One. Uh, we are the keys through the shitstorm of a one-size-fits-all world. No joke. <laughs> and with that, open the gates. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to want to change that every week. It's like, oh, I got something better. <laughs> oh, we can. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, course. of uh, recording it uh, yeah. again and again every week. Uh, mm -hmm. So that yeah. it's like evolving or changing uh, every time. Right. It's like window dressing. It's yeah. like window dressing in a store. Yeah. You know, don't leave it the same. <laughs> And uh, yeah. So what you have to remind me, what did we do the downhill parking on from last? Oh, year? yeah, we, we, we did the downhill parking. Um, the good fit partnership for neurodiverse entrepreneurs. That's uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think. Um, well, I could speak about you and I. I could speak about you and Absolutely. I. Absolutely. Um, and then this other person that I've been collaborating with recently, and that's when I really notice it. Um, it's, it's when it, when it fits, when something fits right. Um, that's when it really it jumps out. Um, for example, with you and I, <laughs> I'm always giggling about it because if I was working with somebody else, um, they would, You know, it's like, oh, do you have this thing yet? Are you ready yet? Are, are you, we, you know, we're going to do this, this, and this, and 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 have a, a very, very particular itinerary. And we do, but it's very loose. And I like that you and I um, are building something with the comfort zone of a loose structure, um, because I work very well in that type of atmosphere. Um, but for people, and if it's on, you're talking about the Myers-Briggs types, it's the, the, you know, J's, the S, you know, S, SJ's, or, um, uh, in particular, and they tend to see me as being flighty or wishy-washy or, <laughs> and I'm not, but I just have a real, you know, radically different way of working and you and I fit really well together. Mm. Um, and if, because I see something on there that needs to be corrected and I'm like, Hey, you know, Oh, I noticed this, you know, could you take a look at it? And so I know how I like to be dealt with. And so I'm guessing, you know, from your reaction that you're like, Oh, Oh yeah, I'll correct that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Didn't notice that. And for me, it's no big deal. Now we're not on a tight deadline or anything. And I know from our discussions that if we were on something like that, we would be tighter and, and, um, and we have the capacity to do that, but because we don't, 
this is, we could totally stay in our style of doing it. It's like, you know, for example, this is number six that we're recording and just now we have an intro on it, but neither one of us are really bothered by it. <laughs> and it would, what are you doing? The hand signals? What does that mean? We had number seven. Oh, it's number seven. Okay, okay. I didn't know. So I didn't know. Was like, it's like, is that a gang sign you're doing? Is that, is that, a, is that a, a broadcasting? Because <laughs> you have more experience than I do. It was like, what, I don't know. Secret sign language. That's a hand sign. Secret sign language of broadcasters. Yes. What? What is that? Um, <laughs> yeah, the number seven. And, you know, just now we're getting the intro on it. And it doesn't seem to bother either one of us, although we do be like, you know what? We need an intro. And like having music, it's like, okay. I know we'll do it, but it's not super pressing and we don't have this strange arbitrary thing of, you know, what will people think? Um, I mean, I'm aware of it. I'm totally, totally aware of it. It's just that I don't give a shit. Now, I don't know if that's because of my age. Um, it's what's, well, I mean, as we've already spoken about, it's part of its personality type, part of its, you know, childhood input from my mother but it's like the stuff that matters I know what matters you know and I know how to stay on track and stay in line but this particular project is really interesting and so much fun to do this with you because you're very much like me in this in in the comfort zone unless you're not telling me something like oh my god Sharon is so annoying <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I just I just thought that um this being on a tight deadline I mean when you start a project like we did uh mm -hmm. in a really loose but still productive structure I mean mm -hmm. uh, getting mm -hmm. getting out we, we mm -hmm. are really that is one of the most structured uh projects um i i i did in a while um mm -hmm. because we have our our schedule like uh recording every week um sometimes we have to switch the day uh, if monday or tuesday but it's still working uh mm -hmm. but not being on a tight deadline is for for some people they they really need this deadline Right. Uh, we just started. We just started um, and 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 saw how it went. Uh, now we are coming near somewhat of a deadline uh, when we say, okay, uh, we publish all of our episodes. Like we we keep one as a buffer, but we publish all other episodes. They are out there, mm -hmm. and now we have at least uh, every two uh, after two weeks we have to produce a new one. So then we are nearing the deadline, but right. uh, we have worked on this since eight weeks now. Uh, so now we understand much better how we work. <laughs> if you if you would have yeah. started, if you would have started with. Uh, okay, uh, we don't know what we are doing, uh, and we know don't know how we work together. But next week we have to get the website ready. We have to uh, get the podcast published. Uh, we have to have a right. marketing strategy and whatnot. Then it would be really, really stressful. But we just yeah. started with like a, a, a lighthouse miles away inside, and we just went into the right direction mm -hmm. uh, without those. 
I, I always say uh, those stupid smart goals uh, because uh, when you are when you are starting everything with this um, uh, yeah smart acronym uh, goals in mind, um, then you are putting yourself in in such a tight corset often, um, especially when you don't don't really need it. Right. Uh, right. When, 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 when everything has to be a smart goal, just because you don't, you you, you didn't um, you didn't tr tr try out another way of working, then you don't know if a much looser structure mm -hmm. could be much more productive for you. It's this right. this uh, if you if if you just have a hammer, then every problem uh, looks like a nail. So if you only exactly. know how to work with smart goals, then you try to make everything a smart goal, and it can be totally standing in your way. Yeah, yeah, and it's and this is what I have been noticing is that our working styles are very similar, and mm. maybe we'll run into something later that we're like, oh shit. <laughs> but right now it's it's just very comfortable and it's you're kind of like me where you're um comfortable with the emergent um project and just mm -hmm. moving forward because mm -hmm. i just want to start yeah. i always i just want to start and then kind of figure it out as we go yeah. now of course some projects you can't do that with but other project but something like this there's no investment there's no barrier And so we don't need an itinerary. We don't need a, a driving thing to it. We made some decisions about how often and, you know, kind of what it's about. But it's it's very, it's appropriate, let's say. Mm -hmm. And so you weren't trying to force this or neither one of us are trying to force this into a shape that we don't even know what it is yet. And so mm -hmm. why put a shape on it? You know, we kind of we have the subject, but that and that's enough to go forward. And I really like that. You could so, say in the... terms, hmm? I was going to say, in terms of finding a good fit, a good fit partner uh, for projects, you know, uh, for neurodivergence or for anybody for that matter, is find people who complement us, who can also kind of gently nudge us mm. you know into into areas uh, maybe slightly you know discomfort mm. some some slight discomfort but not extreme um, you know hopefully there's no punishment and blame attached to it because i'll remove myself from situations where people are doing that but there's Uh, yeah, it's a talking, I think, ahead of time or just noticing something can be a good partnership and then testing. You know, there needs to yeah. be some testing going on or what's called a, a low hanging fruit project. Yeah. You know, something where it's not, uh, um, you know, it's so there's critical. nothing on the line. There's, there's no risk on the line. Not really. Not yeah. really. Yeah. The very, very low risk. Um, but forming, putting together teams, but this is, you know, doing this and helping people <laughs> figure that out is what I really like to do uh, professionally. And there's a huge number of questions and, and I would say exercises, activities that you can run people through to work that out or bring to the surface things yeah. that will become an issue later. 
Do you yeah. think, uh, I mean, that what you were describing is uh, what, what I would say um, is a typical startup mindset. Like, um, mm -hmm. we wanted this podcast, mm -hmm. uh, we, we wanted to have these discussions. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we just made it as a kind of product. The, the final products mm -hmm. are the, the podcast episodes. Um, like entrepreneurs that are more on the coding side for example uh, they build a product in 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 code like a, i don't want to compare us to google or airbnb or youtube but it's the mm -hmm. same it's the same mechanic behind that uh, mm -hmm. larry and mm -hmm. sergey wanted to to make sense of the whole internet and mm -hmm. started coding an algorithm uh, the guys behind airbnb wanted to rent out their air mattresses so they built a platform mm -hmm. for that uh, the guys behind youtube they wanted to share the videos and there w was no platform so they did it and mm -hmm. we wanted to to dive in deeper um, into the the whole topic of neurodiversity and all the other topics that are in life and business that are attached to it. So we just started and um, yeah, we will see where it's going to lead us. And when there is, I would be much more comfortable when we find an opportunity in six months um, how to build a business on on top of that mm -hmm. because we now mm -hmm. know how we are rolling and and how we can work together uh, going mm -hmm. the other way and say okay let's build a business without mm -hmm. knowing how the other person is working um and and it's, it's functioning uh, especially mm -hmm. in, a, in a in a business sense but also in a personal sense uh would be much harder i guess and there would be much more friction and um there were much more brick walls that you can hit in the mm -hmm. in the yeah in, in the progress uh, and starting with a project where there's a lot of fun there's a lot of leeway and, and there's a lot of areas you can go into Uh, without money or material or any goods on the line that you can lose. Right. And right. The, the, the only thing we could lose is time. But mm -hmm. since we have great conversations and and mm -hmm. uh, we, we both like the conversations, this time is uh, for us personally, in, 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 like we were when we just would be on the telephone, Uh, and right. won't record it, it would be still a good investment of time. So it's yeah, a win, yeah. win, 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 win. Exactly. And it's like, but to me, these these are the only kind of collaborations I'm interested in. Mm. I'm not interested in collaborating and working for people who I wouldn't hang out with. There's, um, I forget where I saw it. Um, somebody I read it somewhere there they were saying that they use the um the air airport method being stranded in an airport method to choose who they're going to hire hmm. if it comes down to two people and they were saying you could have two people that are, have the exact same skills um and they've interviewed for the same position they're both good But then you ask yourself the question, which one would you rather be stranded in an airport with for oh, six yes. or seven hours? Yes. And instantly, you know which one you would pick. Yeah. So that is the person 
you need to hire. And when yeah. I heard that, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> and so it, it was, it works really well with how I think about the time that I, you know, who I spend time with. Mm. And uh, no, it's an excellent, excellent filter. And if people say, well, why did you hire them? We have the same skills. And I'm going to say, I could tell you exactly why. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, but I would say it, you know, but mm-hmm. then again, you know, uh, we should all be transparent like that because everybody's generally uh, so afraid of hurting each other's feelings. I said, I'm sorry. I'd rather be stranded in an airport with that person rather than you. I mean, you could say it a little bit gentler than that, but, you know, same sentiment and say that's that's what i came that's what it came down to yeah 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 and, I and mean, the for, for the for both persons but especially for the persons uh, that is not chosen mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's i think it's quite worthy to know why uh somebody is been hired or is chosen uh, instead of mm-hmm. you um because I mean, there are two things. Mm-hmm. It's it's something uh, you can't work on because you can't or you won't change in that area. So mm-hmm. it's okay. You just could say, oh, okay, the other person fits better in there because I, I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Or it is something you can do something about it. Then you can work on that if you choose to. But you, then mm-hmm. you you know it that there's uh, a point where you can where you can work uh, on yourself maybe for the next time or right right and you know again it's as you were talking I was trying to know <laughs> what you're saying but my brain was like off and running because um, <laughs> I thought gosh okay you know when people are you know they have to hire an HR department to hire people and you have you see, you know, how many people for some mm. of these big corporations, you mm. just, you know, there, there's hundreds and thousands. So how do you hire the PR people who would understand that? And you're trusting them of who they would hang out with to bring mm. these types of quality people into your company. Mm. And, you know, what? how do you train for that? That's just, it just popped into my head. I'm like, Ooh, that's a hard one. Oh, one, one, uh, uh-huh client of mine they they really i i can i can't pin it down when they started to switch the hiring processes but it's like four or five years ago i would say Mm -hmm. um they they really and they live it and they really mean it it's not just that they are saying it because uh they think it's 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 hip or they find more people like this um they really say okay we are going to hire you because you as a human being mm-hmm. uh, are a good fit or a good addition to the team and the company mm-hmm. and if when 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 they have to choose between a person that would really fit into the company with a, a bit lesser skills And another one who has the perfect skills but wouldn't fit into the corporate culture, mm-hmm. they would always choose the person that would fit the culture better because they say, we can teach you any skill you need to work here in like mm. three to six mm-hmm. months, but we can't teach you to fit in here uh, 
I I always bring it down to if you're an asshole, you still be an asshole because we can't teach you to exactly. not be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that that's that, that has that that has been working really really well for for them, uh, but on the other side they are really looking for diverse people for for people mm -hmm. with different skill sets um, with personal interests that that are yeah really really interesting. Um, on the other hand, you of course have companies uh, who who say oh, we just want salespeople for example. Uh, We don't care if they fit into the company mm. culture uh, because we don't even know what our company culture is. We just want to sell whatever we are selling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so generally speaking, I just don't align well with companies that that's what their choices are. Yeah. I respect them. I respect them because anybody can do what they're going to do. I say No judgment on that, but those are the companies that I um, say, nah, they don't, you know, see us as being good partners. Yeah. Um, because again, it's like, would I want to hang out, hang out with people who, who and, and, and generally from conversations I've had, it's the, the people who may, are making decisions like that aren't the people that I'm going to enjoy having a deep conversations with because they're focused on quantity not quality mm -hmm. um and so the conversations are quite different mm -hmm. you know? and so it's like what do i want to fill my time with um but in terms of you know finding a good partner i think um testing is very important and it's like what we're doing where this is kind of a test flight and we we talked about it and said no we'll do this until it's not fun anymore <laughs> and we'll know <laughs> well, no. And, and I like that, um, instead of having to make a hard commitment, I mean, it's always important to say, okay, let's give it at this amount of time and let's try something. So it's not like putting the effort into it and just mm. going, nah, they don't like it. Anymore. But I also want somebody to say that because mm. I never want to force somebody to stay in something that's fun for me, but not fun for them. But there's kind of a the communication has to be has to be on a high level um, for me. That's for sure. That is. Something... What about for you? What what is a what are some things that you've noticed that make a good fit uh, partner oh, the, collaboration? The fun the fun level is is really high on the list. Really, really mm -hmm. high on the list. <laughs> um, the the coming out of a conversation uh, or out of a, a working session, and um, when I have the when I think I I learned a lot from other persons, mm -hmm. uh, that is really mm -hmm. high on the list as well. Together with the with the fun, um, I try to get myself to um, 10 I would say around 10 years ago um, I try to work on myself uh, not to be that dependent on if I like somebody um, because <laughs> I can have fun with people I don't like and I, uh, I that I don't like personally that's um, hard for me and I can learn from them so I tried to not make it a preposition 
I, I mean, it's still it's still re re relatively high on the list, but I think most people would say, yeah, that there have to be there has to be a connection, or uh, the, mm -hmm. the person has to be mm -hmm. sympathetic, or or I have to like the the people. So now I have a thousand questions. <laughs> okay, would you hang out with somebody that you don't like? For example, why would you hang out? Not for example, but like a question: Why? Why would you I, I, hang out with somebody I, I you don't tell, like? I can tell. I can tell you. I can tell you the mm -hmm. where, where I would see a difference. Um, there are really old school friends, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, I which with whom I I spend uh, time in kindergarten with. Mm -hmm. um, that I really really like. Because uh, we have so much history together, and we 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 lived through so many mm -hmm. moments in in our lives that were really important. Um, but they are interested in totally different things now, um, or they are not as fun anymore as uh, they were when we were sixteen. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would rather choose other people that. I don't like not not liking is really it sounds really harsh. Well, it sounds like you mean that you're not compatible anymore. But do you like them as human beings, even though you're not compatible? Yes, yes. Um, I, I I was just thinking about an example. I uh, worked together uh, at a client with a guy that I that I didn't like that much at first mm -hmm. uh, because he was, uh, uh, despite of being, I guess, 10, 12 years younger than me, he was so conservative and so... Mm -hmm. um, looking down on people sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, I really didn't like him Yeah. But it was still fun to work with him. Yeah. And um, I was learning things from him when I looked really, really hard for them uh, <laughs> that were valuable. Uh, so I chose to, okay, I will have a good working, uh, I want to have a good working relationship here. Uh, although I don't like him. Mm -hmm. Does it make it clear? Yeah, yeah. It's, my, it's my, also my, my the... feelings. My, mm -hmm. I, I was feeling a disliking. I was feeling like uh, it was a rational decision, uh, and I would have lost some valuable lessons, or I would have lost some valuable uh, work experience uh, if I would have just listened to my my emotion of not liking him. So I chose. It doesn't. Um, it 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 it's not important if you like him or not. Just do the work with him and see what comes out of it. And that was mm -hmm. the much better choice uh, than let's say, yeah, just 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 saying no. I don't like uh, I don't like this guy. I don't want to work with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, in some working situations, I mean, we're not going to like everybody for mm -hmm. sure. Um. Is is it where would you scale, say it with that guy on a scale of one to ten? What is the respect? Where's that? What number would that be? 
uh, the respect was quite high. Yeah, because that that is what I, would, I between think... a six and an eight, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Because I on can. The yeah, I can. I if I don't when I say because I'm and now you know of course want to go like okay what do you mean you don't like them define like um and and but but it's it's the you know because i think trust and respect has to be in alignment for me and there are other things that might you know annoy me or irritate me or something like that but if the trust and the respect is very high Ah. I can work with somebody. Sometimes you can see a challenge uh, there uh, for me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember a time when I challenged myself to work with one of the, the owners of a company who really, really was an asshole. And he treated people like an asshole treats people and really mm -hmm. narciss narcissistic and... Um, I chose to uh, work with him not only, of course, on, on, on the one hand side, I chose uh, and, and I said, okay, you have to work with him because uh, he is your client and he pays your bills. So you have to get your shit together mm -hmm. and work with mm -hmm. him on the one hand side. But on the other, I also told me, okay, there's, there's a chance to learn here. Instead of just mm -hmm. despising him and 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 uh, just saying uh, uh, he's an idiot and and um, um, I I quit the 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 whole job for example, uh, I thought okay I could learn how to deal with this kind of people. So it was a little bit from a mm -hmm. my my, my mm -hmm. person I, I I was observing myself from a meta level, mm -hmm. um, how I was reacting in, in, in interacting with the guy mm -hmm. uh, so that I can learn something about me. And that's, does it make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you. How long were you in that um, <laughs> working situation? Uh, I kind of still am, but uh, the guy was kicked out of this his own company uh, by <laughs> the other sea levels at one point <laughs> some years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because it, it sounds like that's how you you get into that situation, um, which we all do. We all end up in situations with unsavory animals. Mm. <laughs> But so the thing of a good fit partnership in terms of what we're seeking, I'm guessing you wouldn't seek anybody out like that. Mm. Or would you? Would you be a partner with somebody like that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes and no. That depends. Uh, the easy way would be, okay, I avoid those situations. Uh, does the name Gordon Ramsay uh, ring? Anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was in my 30s, uh, I was, uh, that, that was uh, around the time when Gordon Ramsay uh, got into, into the media and into TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I started watching some of some of those shows of Hell's Kitchen and and uh, yeah. so, mm -hmm. uh, and that was uh, like my my uh, really early midlife crisis, <laughs> uh, where where I was uh, thinking of okay, uh, do I do this online marketing internet stuff? Furthermore, 
or do I quit, do a career change and start working as a cook? Mm. And this person of a yelling, cursing, uh, screaming in your face chef guy uh, was my, I back then, was my idea of, okay, I want to have a, 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 a yeah, a boss like this in a kitchen oh. because then I would have immediate feedback if I'm doing my job right or not because that, that was something I was lacking of my whole life. Somebody mm -hmm. who was really harsh, really hard on me who uh, would give me directly uh, any any feedback how I could get better and I, I was thinking about uh, searching for that. I was even searching mm -hmm. for, for some... Um, yeah, Lehrstellen in, in, it's in Germany where you are, um, uh, a trainee, you know, some, some mm -hmm. trainee jobs, uh, as a, as a chef, uh, in some of the, the, yeah, higher level restaurants around here. But then I got the job, um, at the Synaxon company, the computer setting company. Um, mm -hmm. and so I, I, I said, okay, this is my last try in, uh, web marketing, internet marketing. Uh, and when that, doesn't work then i can still next year uh chase this this cooking career and the fun thing is mm. um on one of my projects um i got to know to uh one of germany's um yeah best known wine sommeliers uh mm -hmm. who was working for a wine company uh and his uh, female colleague there uh, when i talked about this she really laughed at me and uh <laughs> she, she really laughed and said oh really i can arrange that and i said hey what do you mean i said i was for four years uh the sommeliers at uh, mm -hmm. gordon's restaurant in london so when you want to work there for a week i can arrange that oh wow <laughs> so that was like six or seven years later and uh <laughs> yeah then i i didn't i didn't try <laughs> that <laughs> But yes, I would. Uh, so that tells me. Okay, now I have to joke around here now. So that tells me that you like you're you're a masochistic student. You have to be. <laughs> you're choosing to put yourself in in a situation with a sadistic, uh, uh, you know, trainer or teacher. Is this is this what you're telling us? <laughs> I back then I thought I would be. Uh, since I am, I am learning martial arts, for example, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't choose the school right away, um, because of the, the, the teachers there, but later it turned out that I chose a school that have quite different teachers that are mm -hmm. really, uh, empathetic, that are really, calm uh, nothing you would expect in a martial mm -hmm. arts school for example mm -hmm. no one normally is, is yelling around there or it's like mm -hmm. uh, you you don't have to call anyone master or sensei or, or something mm -hmm. like that um but when when they are teaching techniques for example uh, i am always the one who says okay can you demonstrate this on me so that I really feel the pain because I learn through pain. I learn some techniques through, okay, when does it start to hurt? And how mm -hmm, does, for mm -hmm. example, how, how uh, has the, the hand to turn? Right, right. Where, where others right. just learn by observing. 
I'm mm -hmm. always the guy who says, okay, try it on me. Okay. Did, I wonder if this has something to do with the aphantasia, the, maybe, the maybe. learning style through the, because I can completely imagine um, when I was taking the martial arts, I could learn by observing mm -hmm. and then, and then duplicate the movements. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And to the point where they would say, no, 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 you've done this before. And I'm like, no, I've never done this before. And it's like, mm -hmm. do you come on, you don't have to lie to us <laughs> and a type of a thing. And I'm like, no, no, I've never done this before, mm -hmm. but, but my bot being able to see it and then duplicate it and put my body in the same physical space in, mm -hmm. in you know with the same gestures yeah oh, that's interesting huh because that it, you know i'm also wondering about you know the our particular our separate you know i want to say cocktail mixes of neurodivergence and and how easy or difficult that is in terms of finding good partners yes. partnerships because what i and and again um communication is really really important to me and Absolutely. Um, i'm very 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 clear <laughs> if i get into something it's like okay you know you need to know this about working with me yeah. and you know just to be sure that that we're on the same page that they're not um um, you know, projecting things onto me or that they're misinterpreting things and then becoming frustrated or angry. Mm. And so I'm very upfront about, um, because it, for me, it, it seems like, um, I mean, I'm very communicative. I give more information than probably necessary knowing how I am, but I, I want, I always want to be very, very clear. But when I am thinking at my, my normal speed for me, I feel like I'm very clear. And for somebody listening to me, um, for them, it's like pieces are missing mm. because of the speed, mm. <laughs> but anybody with ADD, you know, ADHD, especially for women, because the, the H on the ADHD is more internal instead mm. of physically external. It's not always that way, but it's, oftentimes. And so it's the, um, yeah, it's very fast on the inside. And so there's, there can be things where we're jumping whole sentences and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. um, so I do a lot of checking in. I do ask for a lot of clarification, um, but it depends on like, for me, the best fit situation is if somebody has a natural level a baseline, high level baseline of patience. Mm. Um, not that, not that I'm inflicting myself on somebody, but that if somebody has, for example, a high level baseline level of impatience, the person I find doesn't or doesn't want to or can't uh, take the time out to to listen or question the people but, around them. But. Um, yeah. wouldn't that depend on where the impatience come from why because for mm, me, i don't for, it's it's it uh, yeah go ahead uh, I, i just want to explain because for me mm -hmm. uh, when i realize i become impatient mm -hmm. that's that has often to do with um that i can't follow uh, no uh, i i realize that people can't follow my lines of thinking Mm -hmm. uh, the, the the fast thinking, mm 
uh, and then I I often realize that my my impatience um, set in, or I realize that I'm thinking ahead of the other people, and mm -hmm. I already know where they are going, and mm -hmm. I already know the next three sentences uh, they was, and mm -hmm. then the uh, uh, the impatience uh, for me sets in. Um, so with like you described it and like you are talking, that doesn't mm -hmm. happen that much. So I don't get right. impatient because it's right. it's it's always like uh, challenging, uh, interesting to to follow your thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that that's the reason why I said uh, it, maybe it depends on where the impatience uh, comes from. Or it depends on who's in front of us. Because yeah. um, uh, I can tell you. You know, and again, things get multiplied in our, our impatience and everybody's like this, whether they're, you know, if they're tired or their nutrition isn't, you know, if they're hungry or something, they're going to be impatient. <laughs> it's mm. just the nature of human beings. So, um, but when I, so when I speak about a baseline of patience, mm. um, you appear to me to be fairly patient but again you, you know it's how we speak together and how we talk and, and jump from here to there and then swing back around and pick up the threads because uh, we can um and you don't force me to talk literally and and i don't force you to do it either so therefore you know we can speak at our own pace in our own style and um yeah it's more comfortable um the I do the same thing where I'll anticipate what somebody's going to say, but I'm always watching for that because that's a dangerous thing for people like us to do is yeah. to assume that we know what they're going to say, yeah. somebody's going to say. Um, and of course, if I'm excited about something, we're talking about something, it's really, you know, and the energy level is really high. My um, propensity to interrupt somebody rises. If I'm excited about something, I was one podcast that we did, I forget which one, the second one maybe. Um, and I kept interrupting you <laughs> when I re-listened to it. I was like, oh God. And, you know, but it didn't seem to bother you. And, and uh, we kind of naturally make way for each other, but we also recognize the excitement. You know, it's happening because of excitement, not that I'm trying to over talk you or down talk you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a big interrupter myself, uh, especially yeah. not, not on podcasts. That's really funny because uh, yeah. uh, I have done like oh, 70 mm -hmm. or 80 episodes of a German podcast with a friend of mine mm -hmm. uh, when the pandemic started, just as a fun project for us to do. And because we couldn't see each other uh, in, in the lockdowns uh, and, and hadn't the, the uh, yeah, opportunity to, uh, to meet. So we did this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, and when we are talking casually, mm -hmm. I'm really interrupted <laughs> and I'm really <laughs> often, inter I'm, I'm interrupting him really, really often. Mm -hmm. And he always made the joke about it in the podcast. Like, ah, you are interrupting me anyway, and you are interrupting me so often and blah, blah, blah. And I was the one who was editing the podcast. So I was always realizing how many times he was interrupting me. And me yeah. not interrupting him. So that was really funny for me uh, because I edited most of that. I edited out so that <laughs> he doesn't look that bad. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, yeah, re realizing this uh, this 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 self image uh, and, mm -hmm. and and the objective image from outside uh, mm -hmm. was 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 quite funny for me because I know mm -hmm. I can be really interruptive, and I always. Especially when I did a lot of uh, social media uh, coachings in, in 2009 to 2013, 14, I always taught the, the people and the companies, which are people as well, uh, I always tried to make sure that they realize if you're using social media, you have to behave like there's constantly a running camera on you. And everything mm -hmm. you say or do could be on the title pages of any tabloid in your in your industry or right. uh, at the at the um, at the newspaper stands tomorrow. Uh, so mm -hmm. really watch out for that and keep that in mind that you that you are constantly, uh, yeah, live streaming. You're in the public eye. Yeah, yeah you have to be very careful. Constantly in the in the public eye, and just keep that in mind and behave mm -hmm. like that. Um, I, I think now in in 2022, um, most people who are dealing with social media understood this, but mm -hmm. yeah, back back then, um, a lot of people thought, okay, I, I yeah, I still can do what I what I want, or I can behave uh, like I want and too. Um, so I'm I'm quite good at self editing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that's one of my my skills I built in the past years uh, that I can look at myself and see okay uh, what what are things that concern you or that I don't like about myself mm -hmm. or that others might don't like about me so that I want to to change that. Some some things I like more about me that others do, and I say I don't care. <laughs> and and there yeah. are other things where I say, hmm, it might be useful mm -hmm. if you work on that uh, mm -hmm. for yourself. And mm -hmm. having a lot of material uh, like podcasts mm -hmm. or videos that you that you do and and you can watch yourself uh, that really helps, yeah, to self edit. Oh, of course. And it's like the self-awareness, you know, what are we, what tools are we using? But I think anybody who's doing film or podcasting or uh, radio, um, there's a mirror that the majority of people don't spend time in front of. Uh, yep. Real mirrors, yes, but it, but other mirrors where you, look, you, you have to look at yourself and kind of critique um, and make decisions, you know, what do you like? What do you not like about it? What do you, what, you know, and again, there's a dangerous part in there of, you know, if we are evolving, who are we evolving for and mm. to make sure that it's coming from intrinsically an intrinsically motivated, uh, position, not from a position of, um, you know, what will others think? Uh, you have to be very, very careful of that. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I think what, about that, that that a lot. What 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 you say? The what do other people think is uh, on both sides a, a big motivator for people, and on the other side, it's a big barrier for people. Well, hello, because... hello, social media and and the the neurosis and the anxiety that everybody's dealing with. This is the greatest human experiment ever. 
uh, about how humans deal with so much exposure. And before it was like you only had to worry about the judgment of either your family or your little village or your, you yes. know, your county. And now it's global. You know, teenagers are having to deal with this on a global level. What will people think of me? Mm. Um, and you can't get away and make mistakes uh, kind of, you know, in you know, in, in seclusion <laughs> and be able to grow and evolve as a teenager. Cause I mean, that's, that's what it, making mistakes is your job yeah. as a kid and as a teenager, but to have to do that on a public stage, even if you don't, huh. you know, even if you don't choose to, to publish yourself, all your friends have everything, you know, so anything at any given moment that you do can be turned into, um, a means of harassment. Yeah, and it's it's quite different. It's it's um, so it's that's why it's really important in this era to 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 build the muscles and the skills of the intrinsic value of self. Uh, so it's it's so that and again I I don't know if I described this before. I think of it in terms of like a Jenga tower. You know, the tower of little blocks where mm -hmm. you pull out the blocks and. And so if you, if we build our, you know, inner Jenga towers of value, very high and narrow, if you pull out some pieces near the bottom, your whole sense of identity is compromised and, and very, very risky and very unstable. Mm. Whereas if we spread it out uh, and make a low, you know, um, a broader base of self, that you could take a hit in any one area, but it's the whole thing is going to come crashing down. Mm. And um, yes, it's the yes the the thing I I like speaking about and researching and experimenting with is like the diversification of identity and self. Um, you know, and how do we actively do that? You know, how do we actively make choices about that um it's an interesting area of of uh yeah discussion experimentation <laughs> yeah, yeah i love it i love what, it what just went through my mind when you said that said the job of, of teenagers or kids is to to um, yeah make errors and and do try it try it try out themselves it's the the job of the parents or the i would say the job of the adults not only the parents mm -hmm. but uh, mm -hmm. like teachers uh, kindergartners uh, bosses at work whatever mm -hmm. is uh, it's their work not to take any faults uh, personally mm -hmm. uh, not to take them uh, they shouldn't take them lightly but um, they should be able to deal with them constructively instead should, of just should be <laughs> yeah, should that's be. i mean like what you just said is enormous of what the, it's like why i basically just work with other trainers and coaches because i could be most useful um, being a i want to say a, an instigator or be a support system for other you know, it, teachers and trainers and coaches more so than I can work, than I can working for individuals. 
Um, mm. And for example, I could, you know, yes, I do. I can and do coach the, you know, kind of the, the founders and, um, and the, the startups, but they're, then they're going to have an effect on other people and people who they hire. So I yes. do like that aspect of it, but the other, um, so those are the two areas that I like working with, but there's working one-on-one with people um, just in the systems, you know, and managers and, and certain types of leaders it doesn't, I don't see as I can really cause any lasting change. Um, so it's for me that my, my focus is on other people who can then coach and train other people. So it's mm. systemic again, mm. you know, because it's huge. It's, it's, it's like, you know, how it is now where we are now and where, you know, we can or should be, this is very idealistic. And so like, how do we get there? And what is it, what can we do from where we are to facilitate even a tiny bit of change? This is, this is the, always the kind of the question. Yeah. The question is, um, is it, would you rather do, um, make a lot of tiny changes in a lot of people or rather make a big change in one or two people. And then it depends on how good the two people with the big changes mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. could use these changes or, or could, could spread them further. And right. if you, if you are doing smaller changes in a lot of people, the chance that that changes something in the whole scale is much higher than when you just uh, try to, to do changes with really, really a small number of people. It, 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 yeah, it's an, in, an interesting, what do you call conundrum <laughs> mm -hmm. because it's the, you know, because the one area that I really like working with is the emergent collaboration and amazing stuff comes out of that and people change themselves and change each other in that kind of a dynamic. Mm. Um, whereas if you get people off one-on-one, -on -one, it's, you know, how much are we affecting it? But if people are in together kind of in a group situation, small groups, because um, mm. the group dynamics change after like 10 or 12 people. Um, so that's my favorite place to play <laughs> and, and to help and support, you know, it, it's, it's putting, if the people are single, then they come into that group. Or if the group is, comes, then it's, then they're people of a group of that number. Mm. Does that make any sense? And so there's the chance of them going out is kind of this, not evolved, but kind of evolved um, um, group and they go back into their system. The chain, you know, depends on what level they are at and where, what the culture is. Because um, if, if you don't have the, like the founder or the CEO, that has buy-in you're, you're not going to affect change you're not going to it's it's like putting a band-aid on a <laughs> you know on a <laughs> you know a broken leg you're not it doesn't it's you're treating the symptoms not the cause it, it, I, i think it depends on uh, i mean when you have uh if you have a company with uh, thousands of people 
it's maybe easier to change one person to change the CEO mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he just or he or she just says okay now uh, right now uh, from this point on we are doing things differently so he, mm -hmm. they, they just can can decide that uh, on the other hand uh, it takes much longer but it would still work if you mm -hmm. uh, Let's say the company has 10,000 uh, employees and you can change the mind of a thousand of them. Then this grassrooty uh, change could work its way up until the CEO or, or the whole leadership uh, of the company has to uh, embrace the change because otherwise they are losing a lot of people. So it, it, it can work from both sides. The, the, the well, some, some CEOs will let their company die before they change. So it depends on the situation. They've kind of, it's kind of been proven um, the, that the trickle up method, unless you have buy-in from the top, the chance of that working is slim to none. Um, mm. So the, the, the companies say, yes, we want to think of agile. Okay. In the German <laughs> scrum and agile. Here's a good example coming out of the, the consulting in the automotive industry sector. <laughs> they, people say we want scrum, we want agile, but it's only in word. They don't really want it. They don't know what it is. They don't, and you can't, you can work with the people down on the lower levels They're kind of doing it, but everybody's like, yeah, why should we do this? Nobody up top is really listening or they don't value it. It just goes nowhere. And, and the toxicity just keeps swirling. It doesn't change. I, I think the, the, the example of agile, uh, agile and Scrum in especially automotive industry is a great example because you have to deal with not only on the C-level, but you have to deal with a lot of engineers technical people mm -hmm. um, they are used to really small iterative um, iterative um, optimizations mm -hmm. like uh, fuel usage or uh, or the, the CW value the the um, air how's it called in English <laughs> <laughs> how well the car gets through the air through the wind the aerodynamics the aerodynamics uh, and, and so mm -hmm. and so it's really small steps uh, of optimization every year mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. designing and building a car is uh, is a process that takes uh, from from the idea we have to do a new model until the 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 car hits the road and it's in the dealerships it's like five to ten years uh, sometimes yes. mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And and you are talking about a lot of money and a lot of steel and a lot of electronics and a lot of material, mm -hmm. and the yeah. agile the, the the agile working method comes from the software world, <clears throat> where as we talked <clears throat> in the beginning, uh, the only thing you have to put in there is time, because building software doesn't take uh, doesn't take uh, any any materials any raw materials you don't have to have steel you don't have to have mm -hmm. large uh, factory halls with machines in there so the risk mm -hmm. 
Um, I, on on uh, on on one panel, I I hold I heard an even better example. Uh, it was it was a panel about work of the uh, new work, work of the the, the future, uh, about agile and digital uh, working methods. And right in the end, in the Q and A uh, section of the of the panel, uh, some guy in the in the audience stood up and said, "Huh, um, I'm a farmer, uh, um, um, uh, um, a biofarmer uh, here in the region, and." In our work processes, how the company is running, uh, we implemented a lot of agile processes and project management and, and so on. But as a farmer who has to get in the yield and, and uh, has to work on his fields, I have no idea how I could apply any agile or any modern working method because in my lifetime I have around 30 chances to to alter something, to change something. 30, mm -hmm. because that are the 30 years that I can work on the field uh, and where I can make a change. And then I can see one, two, three years later if this change made any difference or made any positive difference. Um, so it's mm -hmm. I, I, I can understand that for some professional groups uh, embracing agile is really really hard because they have to to make decisions um, agile could really really work for them but they are scared mm -hmm. because changing the whole system just could destroy the whole um, the whole factory uh, the whole company uh, the whole farm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, f yeah, it's fear, fear-based decisions, and uh, yeah, yeah. But that's the that's you know is why it's it's you can't force a company to change, and it's whoever wants to bring it in. There's going to be resistance to that, which is why the buy-in has to be consistent. Yeah. Um, but that's in any you know it's like anybody that I work with is that it, there has to be a consistency with the buy-in. Um, because I'm not interested in working with people where there's, there's, for example, there's a lot of workers that are being told to participate into something. And I don't ever really want to do a workshop full of people who don't want to be there. That's mm. not my thing. Mm -hmm. And I have other I have other friends that work that they're like, yes, but I like turning them. I like bringing them in and changing their minds. And I'm like, great. I'm so happy that people like you exist. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> But that's not, you know, because all of us have where the places where what we think is fun. Mm. Um, but I think it has to do with being um, part of it is my the neurodivergence where it's just like, ugh, it's tiring for me to, to, when it could be that my age as well, that I'm just like, ugh, I'm just not interested in it. And and it's like it goes back to the airport hanging out thing. I just want to, you know, hang out with people that I like. Yep. <laughs> and so the you know the 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 groups that are that I tend to work with, they're you know, they're more curated. Um, so that the the other things that are generally an issue, because um, in a smaller group you can you can you can have a few people, but it's not the majority of the group yeah. that you're dealing with that is resistant. 
mean, there's always going to be somebody in the group. Yeah, but you, I mean, you are um, empowering the curated mm -hmm. group of people who are already into the topic or who are already on your side and are already willing to listen to. You don't have to convince them. They are already there mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they, they see that they can get something valuable out of uh, Or, well, workshop. I'll tell you what the... I'll tell you what it is. Um, there's, um, I want to say, a, a filter requirement um, for me, and that's, you know, anybody's invited, mm. but the criteria is that the people be open, curious, and interested because they can come from all different areas and it doesn't matter what anybody's doing. Or, But if, if they are open, curious, and interested, even if though they have no idea what, what the things are about yes or you know they're they they come in with a curious experimental mindset and they're ready they're ready to for discussion and so they're um yeah so that's kind of the criteria that i look for other than that it's wide open and then those people uh are able with what mm -hmm. they experience uh, in, in working with mm -hmm. you. They are then able to spread the knowledge or the experience exactly. Uh, exactly. under those who would be really skeptical mm -hmm. um, because those skeptical people, they they need somebody mm -hmm. uh, they already know. Uh, they, they need somebody who is in the same boat as them. Those mm -hmm. are the skeptical people or the mm -hmm. more engineering type people, mm -hmm. maybe. Then they believe them and they accept. They accept it uh, when they would heard something uh, from from you or from me. Uh, they would be like, "Ah, those whatever coaches, um, <laughs> neurodiversity <laughs> marketing." Uh, I don't know what coaches, agile coaches. Um, it's just something new. Uh, the bosses want us to hear. And uh, yes, I would sit mm -hmm. here for an hour or for the day, right. but then I get, right. would get back right to work. And it goes mm -hmm. inside the one ear and goes outside the other mm -hmm. one. Uh, mm -hmm. But when they when they hear it from coworkers, we get really excited and exactly. Um, yeah. They make the connection for for us. They make the mm -hmm. connection between what we have to say and how they can apply it right. to the benefit of all of them in the country uh, in in the company. Right. It's a job we right. can't do because we don't it, have the experience of working in the yeah. company in the teams. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's the it's um, kind of like they say the the water takes the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. So it's like the people that I prefer to interact with as the people open curious and interested then they can they can you know this is the ripple effect mm -hmm. um so I, you know just by the fact that somebody's forced to be in a workshop of mine it's it's there's a resistance there that it, it is unnecessary it's completely unnecessary mm -hmm. and it's like if, it, if you trade places with that person with somebody who's open curious and interested then that person will multiply The ripple effect um, um, of whatever we're that's emergent because it's like I'm not I don't you know teach the people something it's like you take that particular group um, and they teach each other it's just there to have the to to create the space where they kind of teach each other 
and it just emerges. I, don't, I know it sounds very vague <laughs> and, and I'm not here to talk about like how I do what I do, but it's like the, the fact that, that making sure that we make space and take into account the, the real, I want to say the, the real diversity that we, that the world actually, that's actually in existence, you know, yeah. and to, to get outside this one size fits all and, and to teach each other, you know, or, or help facilitate the teaching of each other so that all of us can rise together. That's, I yeah. think, what is a, now I'm starting to sound like you know, an evangelist of, of, but I believe it and I know it and I've seen it work and, and it's exciting. That it's is something uh, that, that this, this, this emerging, uh, I always thought mm -hmm. it sounds really um, spiritual or esoteric or like, yeah, re really vague as you called it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's true. I mean that I can say from my own um, experience, in holding workshops, it's something that um, that you just trust in that it's that it's going to happen, and it is. Mm -hmm. In in mm -hmm. in in workshop groups, uh, after several minutes, um, mm -hmm. those it's just the the the, the combining of um, mm -hmm. what you bring into the workshop as a as a mm -hmm. coach. And find the connections uh, between the the problems and the skills and the products and whatever the company and the people that do. Um, then I, I never had a workshop where this emerging process didn't happen. It it yeah. always sometimes it happens yeah. after yeah. five minutes. Sometimes yeah. it mm -hmm. takes like. Uh, two hours and mm -hmm. uh, some exercises mm -hmm. or some some work sessions, but it always the pieces always fall together yeah if it's again if you create the space and you leave humans you know you set the boundaries you create the you know you yeah. leave humans to themselves in the groups of about that size it always does happen yeah. it's the thing of of um helping build the trust enough to you know you could either do that a little bit or the you know it just depends sometimes it takes just a tiny nudge some groups you don't have to do anything they're yeah. already there and um yeah that's um, but but helping people teach each other is the way of the future and helping groups and you know at work and and otherwise but the self-education factor is um This is the future. We should probably do a downhill parking yes. on this because <laughs> yes. both of us have to get out the door. <laughs> I think our alarms uh, went off yeah. quite simultaneously. But that's yes. exactly yes. the how can we help groups to teach each other and yeah. what are test projects uh, for, for mm -hmm. neurodiverse people and, and exercises. Right. That would be something I would like to park downhill for, for next week. Absolutely. Let's do that. Because the education and the self-education and the, edu you know, um, supporting the education of each other and others is a great, great conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. With the with the neurodiversity and diversity in general, but uh, yeah, cool. But that's right. I'm what another another cool conversation, and 
today it's strange because I think you, you're and I's limit of comfortable limit is two hours. Keeping it to an hour is hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. We my, sort my of brain is so have fiery. a natural. I know. I know. My too. It's like the natural circling around and coming to a landing spot. It's about two hours for us. Yeah. 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 So I feel like we're getting, we're like somebody's pulling the tablecloth out from underneath. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but we're doing it to ourselves today. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then. Great. So we thank everybody for joining us and we'll see you all next week.